0: It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today's episode is all about immersive technology reshaping the entertainment industry. Our guest, Cameron Ulig, is the owner of Cam Adjun Design where he and his team combine interactive storytelling with technology to produce stunning visual experiences. Welcome Cam.
1: Hey Susan, thanks for having me on.
0: Let's get right into it. There's so much to talk about today. You always have such great ideas to share so talk a little bit about your role and what your job entails.
1: Well, I, um, I've been doing this sort of interactive experience installations and things like that for about 20 years. Um, and you know, most of uh, the work that we do comes from word of mouth or, um, you know, somebody who is asking us to help produce an experience has seen one of our uh, installations and not be, it might be a permanent installation or it could be a trade show installation or even a concert. Um. And so, you know, a a lot of a lot of what we do uh, is first understanding, um, you know, what is the story that needs to be told? And then we'll find out the right technology to help tell that story. That Uh, is so
0: cool. I (laughs) imagine that I, (laughs) I, I imagine things are changing a little bit. I imagine you're rethinking a few things these days, but. Generally, yes. so you said uh, they come to you by word of mouth. They've seen one of your installations. But what does when a company comes to you, like generally, what are they asking for? Do they even know they want visual storytelling yet? Or do you have to kind of coax them through that?
1: Yeah, I, I, most of the time uh, they, they've seen something, uh, either it was one of our installations or somebody else's. And, you know, by chance we have connected. Um, and so sometimes they have a very good idea about what they want to accomplish Um, You know, there might be an agency involved or something like that, um, but they don't necessarily have the technical capability of pulling it off. Um, You know, a lot of our work does come through, you know, agencies, trade show houses, and, um, you know, concert promoters and things like that. So sometimes, you know, there's multiple groups in the room when that discussion happens. Um, It can be the end client along with an agency. And we're just trying to help everybody communicate how we can accomplish this task you know whether it be a big projection mapping project uh or a small one um or however we're going to produce that storytelling mechanism uh to to generate that experience for their clients so you know if if it was cookie cutter to the point where you know there's a process every time somebody walks in the door um i don't think you know we would produce great experiences Mm -hmm. because everybody wants a unique experience for their for their business Uh, And I think that's where we excel we we understand that not every single experience is going to be the same We might use the same kind of technology and equipment to produce those things Um, But we want to hear what your ideas are We want to hear how you want your clients to perceive that experience and then we'll help you cultivate You know what that's going to be and how it's going to work and it all goes down to even you know How is it going to install? You know, obviously we have a budget that we have to work in uh, within and uh-huh. so can we use high-end equipment? Do we have to use low-end equipment? How long is it gonna be installed for? So all these different things kind of combine into this soup of, <laughs> of knowledge that we need to have. Storytelling to be able soup. To, yeah. Just make uh, a little soup. The soup of uh, a knowledge that we have to be able to help clients achieve what they wanna do. And that just comes from, you know, a, a lot of experience of uh-huh. being, on site and understanding what things, uh, how things work, how they really work, um, you know, the perception of how things get installed is usually way different than the reality of how things get installed. And, and so we want to make sure that we check all the boxes about, you know, the, the equipment mm-hmm. that we're using, the installation teams, what is the story being told, how is the whole entire process holistically going to evolve over time, and then how are we going to manage it? That's um, pretty cool. So yeah.
0: when when you're um, when you're working on say a fixed installation like in a museum, yeah, uh, I'd imagine that uh, initial framing or scoping discussion is a bit different than you're doing a temporary like trade show um, sure. installation. But from from the perspective of museums, talk about having to rethink the way they do business. Um, mm. What uh, what have you seen? successful there in terms of the way museums are taking a a fresh approach to the exhibits with technology?
1: Yeah, I I can speak to a couple of things about that, even what traditionally what we've been doing over the last couple of years. And Mm -hmm. then now that we've had a turn of events here in the last couple of months, um, about what museums are going to to be doing. Um, But you know, the trend right now is is to museums want to create Experiences um, that help tell their stories, and so does that mean that we're creating a, a theater in the round? Um, is it a, at a small theater in the round where there might be five or six people there, um, and, or is it you know some sort of engaging, interactive um, that multiple people can uh, participate in and see the results of their participation? Um, so I, I think museums, you know, obviously the traditional museum approach a long time ago was the glass case. Uh, artifact <laughs> a little bit of storytelling on there <laughs> you know the class is going to gather around and hear the the presenter talk about that artifact right um and and now that we have so much technology in our lives um you know the visitors are expecting way more for the ticket that they're paying for right. in museums and to to do those sort of things you know we need to turn entire hallways into experiences oh, um that's cool. so that we that we lead people through um a story Um, and and it's not just, you know, a glass case kind of setup. Now, I'm not saying that those things aren't important. There is interest in, you know, seeing glass case setups, and there are important artifacts in there. Uh, But I think just elevating, because the technology is becoming uh, cheaper, um, the equipment is becoming smaller and easier to manage. um, It opens up the doorway to creating better you know experiences and right. they they might be virtual ones as well.
0: You mentioned turning the whole hallway into the exhibit. Yeah. It sounds like that might be something you've done
1: <laughs> in the not oh, yeah, I past. D- like, honestly yeah, honestly play? I didn't even think I, I was just thinking out loud on that, but yeah. yes, we we did that in the um in the in the hallway at a casino in Vegas. Uh, for a client. Uh, I think it was last last year, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, we turned a 200-foot hallway. I think the ceiling is about 38 feet high. Uh, we had about 12 projectors that basically just covered the entire hallway and turned it into this sort of tunnel experience where we had, you know, all kinds of content, you know, fish swimming, and we had... Um, uh, Van Gogh paintings. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So you you really got to walk through, you know, a Van Gogh painting. Uh, And so it was was fun to do. And then when we had, you know, it was for a conference. So we had uh, keynote speakers up there who we had an NFL uh, Hall of Famer who was coming in. So we turned the entire hallway into, you know, content from you know, his playing days and things like that. So, um, you know, the ability to in those types of installations where we have, you know, it it, it is temporary. It was only for a few days. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, along with creating all the content that that fits that, um, we also have to pay attention to the equipment that runs it uh, and also have the team there that is able to fix things that go wrong. Um, and have the experience of being able to, you know, swap projectors out quickly if if something happens to one, um, or if we have a, a server that goes down, we need to be able to switch over to the backup server. So you need a really good team of technicians who, you know, understand how in that situation, um, you know, live event production works. Mm-hmm. Um, versus a museum where we're looking at um, a permanent installation, you're not going to have a live production team running this thing. So you have to right. build them in a different way so that, you know, museum management can manage them. Uh, and so you have to look at the different factors of when does this thing shut off and turn turn back on in the morning? Um, you know, what type of maintenance do we need on on the type of projectors that we're using or, or mm-hmm. even video wall technology that we're using? So. Yeah, there's a big difference between the two, but, you know, from a content standpoint, we're still looking at the same approach of storytelling, you know?
0: Right. So I know that you've also done a lot of work in the retail environment and um, retail is for sure rethinking things these days. Have you um, have you started to pivot the work that you've been doing from a retail perspective into some ways to help retailers find their
1: way again? Yeah, I think, um, you know, retail is um, changing because we're trying to create destinations for people in the retail environment now. You know, obviously we still have the supermarket and, uh, you know, the the bigger chains and things like that, but Mm -hmm. we find that branded retail experiences are popping up all over the place. I feel like it's going to be something because of COVID um, is going to really start to accelerate. Um, because we might have pop-up branded retail experiences that, that happen pretty much anywhere, you know, it could be in the middle of a, you know, a racetrack somewhere or something like that. If we're Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, selling vehicles and things. Um, but th- those types of things are, I think, are going to accelerate and those branded experiences, um, you know, are treated in the same way from an equipment standpoint that we would do even a permanent museum installation or if it's a pop up, we're talking about, you know, uh, um, you know, sort of a trade show approach. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and but creating experiences to drive uh, people to those places. Um, but in these times, you know, we want people, we want the clients to have control over the environment so that their visitors feel comfortable about being there. Um, and and so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how those things kind of develop Um, the approach to how to control an audience, you know, is an invite only. Um, But it doesn't necessarily take away from how we produce that virtual experience or that on-site experience um, and, and, you know, using the same technology to produce those environments. Um, But yes, I I feel like the retail industry is going to have to change Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to drive, um, you know, the audiences back to right, their stores, right. you know.
0: So, so let's do a little experiment here. So, sure. Say, um, uh, let's we'll, we'll call me easygoing artist. So, I'm <laughs> an easygoing artist, and I have a retail establishment, and I'm pretty forward thinking. And I come to you and say, "Hey, I need to uh, get foot traffic up at my little boutique shop on uh, Main Street, Anywhere, USA." Um, what's like the your dream installation for somebody who, you know, a a client that would just say, I need help. Uh, I'm relying on your expertise. What, what would you want to do from, you know, from a creative perspective, visual and technology perspective?
1: I would love to hear their story first. Uh (laughs) That's, um, that's definitely, I mean, we all have sort of grand ideas about these incredible installations. I, I personally love the theater experience and how do you introduce a theater experience into a retail situation that doesn't necessarily mean we need everybody to walk into a room and sit down right you know let's turn the entire store into you know it's flip it switches over to this one minute sort of trailer mode that advertises the brand inside the store in a way that everybody's going to stop what they're doing and watch it um, so, you know, I think, you know, a long time ago in the Disney stores, when my kids were, were growing up, we'd go and visit it there because we'd tell them that we're going to Disney. Um, so it's <laughs> easy to get them in the car. <laughs> um, but I remember the whole entire store, the audio would come on, the entire store would start to light up and things would flicker. And it created that little special experience that reminds you that you're in the Disney store and this place is different than any other store inside the mall right now. Um, and those are the types of things that, that I, um, think, um, retail should try to push. And that does the sense that you know, obviously if we have brands that are not focused on children, um, uh, you know, they approach it a little bit differently, but you really, I feel like your store is Mm -hmm. a place to create that moment and that experience. Um, and you know, you only have these people for so, such a short amount of time uh, to help them make a decision. And so entertain them, you know?
0: Interesting. I love that. Yeah. I uh, I spent plenty of time in those stores. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, you've been doing this for 20 years, which I find hard to believe you're such a young guy. But anyway, (laughs) I do believe you, I'm just saying. (laughs) You have such a young approach to things, such a contemporary perspective. But so I'm sure you've seen a lot of technology changes over that span (laughs) of a career. And how does that the you know how does the change in technology affect the things that you're thinking and doing and and how do you um embrace that new technology to kind of keep pushing the envelope
1: um i I feel like you know well yeah i've been doing this for a long time i started off building powerpoint slide decks for um my dad got me a job at the company he was working at and um, you know, it, what happened was, uh, you build a PowerPoint slide deck and then, then somebody wants it on a CD ROM, CD ROMs. There you go. that <laughs> <ages>. <laughs> um, you know, Oh, how do we get this thing to auto start and present automatically? And it just kind of snowballed from there. And it turned into, like I said, just word of mouth, working with people, they referred me to somebody else. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how I built my, um, my tool set really was, yeah you know on the job experience is understanding you know oh i made a mistake there we got to fix that next time um and so i don't think that's something that you can teach um you have to to really learn it on the floor and make your mistakes and and also know what they feel like when you make those mistakes and and how you can recover from them Um, (laughs) I think from a technology standpoint, you know, over the 20 years, like, yeah, this stuff has changed immensely. It's changing faster every day as well, you know? Um, and, and you still have to lean back on the core things that, that, that help tell a story, you know, good writing, um, good ideation. Um, you know, if we can't use mm-hmm. a specific piece of technology because we're not confident in it yet, then we're going to find another way to do it. Um, and so, We don't necessarily, I don't attach myself too much to the tech of things. If I know what our end goal is and the the way we need to get the the story told, we're going to find a way to do it. And whether or not we're using old tech or new tech, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make a difference to me. I want to make sure it works. Um, and and so, yeah, we, not to say that we don't test new equipment that comes out, um, you know, we want to get our hands on the latest and greatest, um, you know, projectors, the latest and greatest screens and servers Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, and we want to see like, what can our software accomplish now to make our, (laughs) our lives a little bit easier, but also help us produce things in, in a more interactive, engaging way. Um, but those things change so fast that, you know, you need time to be able to implement ideas like that. Uh, and test them and, and, and make sure that they're, they're ready for you to, you know, sell and release to, you know, potential clients and users and things like that. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the tech is always going to change. But as long as you have solid ideas and solid tor- storytelling capabilities, um, you should be able to adapt. You shouldn't be dependent upon tech.
0: So talk a little bit about rethinking normal and offering experience in new ways from your own work perspective. So you mentioned before that you did a lot of concerts and trade Mm -hmm. shows. And um, given the current circumstances, there's not a lot of large gatherings these days. So I'd imagine that you've pivoted and you are pivoting into sort of a new approach or a new normal. Talk about how um, the situation has impacted your day to day.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I think everybody knows disruption creates opportunity. So as long as, um, you know, we use a lot of the tools that we a lot of tools that we use to create uh, in-person experiences are the same tools that we use to create virtual applications um, and things like that. So, um, you know, right now, yeah, we, we pivoted. I mean, there was four weeks there, um, when everything kind of the hat dropped on, on COVID that everybody just kind of scrambled to find, all right, where are we going? How long is this going to take? And we're still trying to, 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 learn that right now. Um, but you know, our clients who we, uh, you know, work with to produce shows, um, turned to us and said, we, we need help. We, we, I guess we're going virtual, how do we do that? Um, And so, yeah, we we also had to, you know, get up to speed on some of those techniques uh, and the ways, the best ways to produce shows virtually. Um, So we've been doing that. One one is, uh, you know, producing webinars and events online. Um, you know, we've also started looking into creating uh, other types of 3D experiences using, um, you know, gaming engines such as Unreal Engine or, or Unity 3D um, to create, you know, uh, experiences for our clients that allow their clients or visitors to travel a 3D universe uh, to learn mm-hmm. about products. Um, and so we utilize a lot of the same, like I said, the same software applications that we would to produce a a live event or a permanent installation. But we're just, you know, we know those applications, we know what the capabilities are, uh, and so we're just kind of changing the direction a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, direction disruption creates opportunity, you know, somebody comes to us and says, Hey, we're thinking about doing this different type of approach of selling online. Can you help us out? And so we'll go back and say, Hey, here's three different ways to do it. Um, That's and so cool. that we think is going to work. Um, and one of them can be, you know, a first person, you know, the way somebody, your, 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 your child might use like a first person sort of adventure game. Um, we can use the same approach to, you know, allow, uh, your visitors to, um, uh, travel through your branded, you know, 3d experience. And, and not everything has to be um, um, necessarily, you know, two people on a webcam talking to each other. You know, right. some people don't want that. They want to uh, explore at their own pace. Um, and the third thing is, yes, webcams, uh, uh, conversations is, is, is vi- I mean, it's vital right now, almost to a point where everybody's kind of tired of it, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, sometimes I don't get out of my chair because we have so many of them. Um, oh, I can relate to that. yeah, it is important. I think one of the key things that we'll also start to see a lot of here in that department is, um, how do we connect to people who have never talked before? Um, so we're looking at like a trade show environment. How do we get, you know, that experience that you get when you walk into a trade show booth and you want to connect with somebody that you've never met? Um, how do you start that conversation? How do you connect those two people together? Um, and and that's something that I think there's a a demand for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And how do you do it in a natural way? So it doesn't, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to accomplish. Um, but I think it's going to become necessary. Um, so, you know, we're looking at stuff like that to, to see if there's, um, they're not necessarily easy to accomplish because, Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole bunch of factors that the tech gets in between, um, the ability to communicate, and that is the most frustrating part right now is that the technology in some circumstances is really getting in the way of just having us be able to talk to each other. Um, and so, it, it's, it, it makes it difficult and frustrating, and, and hopefully, you know, all the different people out there, the, the programmers out there are, are looking at solutions to help us um, to achieve better ways of, of connecting. Mm -hmm. uh, online because I don't, I don't think, um, uh, my feeling is it's going to be that way for a while.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. So give me a little bit of predictions here. So, um, the predictions on maybe where the industry is heading and, um, what emerging technologies you think will kind of overcome some of those hurdles or will be adopted in the near future?
1: You know, I, I think, um, all of the predictions follow human behavior. You know, Mm -hmm. your fear of going to a place because you're scared of getting sick is going to trump anything I tell you um, about how safe you're gonna be in that environment. Um, So I think, um, you know, when we do eventually get back into uh, holding live events, um, we're going to bring along everything we learned uh, in the virtual event industry. Um, it's gonna come along with this because not everybody's going to, you know, want to jump into a live event right away. Everybody's gonna dip their toes in, um, you'll start off with smaller events. Like I said, pop-up branded experiences, Mm -hmm. um, you know, where people feel safe to be able to go to those places. Um, they know it's a controlled environment. Um, sometimes, you know, the bigger events there you know, it's hard to convince everybody that, you know, if 50,000 people show up to a convention hall. Um, you know, how are we going to keep everybody safe? Um, right. there's some, there's some techniques to be able to, to, to attempt to do that. Um, but, and, and so, you know, we see some things, the trends start to go down in the U S mm-hmm. right now, um, the things that we need to do is, you know, show how we can make things feel safe for the visitor. Uh, right. so like I said, pop-ups, um, you know, connecting the virtual to the physical experience, um, is going to be a thing. I think
0: that is where the really big opportunity is, is connecting the two. I mean, it it just brings an inclusiveness that um, I don't think we should lose if, you know, if we ever go back to quote unquote normal. Right. So I I think that's one of the beautiful things if people can't travel for whatever reason, financial or disability Mm -hmm. or modality issues, you know, now they can attend a live event virtually albeit, but they can, they can still uh, get so much out of being somewhat a part of it that mm-hmm. they may not have ever been able to, um, to be a part of before. So I think that bridge is such an important um, aspect to explore as we take the virtual and the physical uh, and kind of try to bring them together.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and new ideas are going to come out of this uh, from all different directions. You know, um, you know, we, we might get back to trade shows next year and and see somebody's great idea about how they are going to connect those two. Right. And then suddenly it becomes a trend for everybody wants to accomplish. Um, you know, hopefully we figure out what that's going to be. But I don't think there is going to be a silver bullet for the situation. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about the little details uh, of paying attention to who your audience is and, you know, how they're going to approach coming to your event. Um, and somebody who decides not to come to your event, how are you going to approach connecting them to it right. um, and, and finding out if you know your audience um, then the answer will appear in front of you about how to do that. Um, but the, I, I don't feel like there's not like a silver bullet for all this. Um, and, and so you have to be able to adapt and rethink, um, you know, how, how are going to get going to approach events and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and so hopefully you have a team, um, who is able to think outside the box in those situations and help you understand the options um, and understand the costs of doing those things okay. um, so that, you know, you can make a, a good decision and, and move forward with confidence that you're going to get your message out to the right people
0: that's perfect cam thank you so much the disruption creating opportunity i think we've got plenty of disruption so um now we have plenty of opportunity to try some new things and yes definitely. Uh, <laughs> and we'll definitely um link to your bio and in, in your linkedin and our show notes here so that people can find you if they want to engage in some visual storytelling whether it's in the virtual or physical sense and uh i just want to thank you for uh, your time today
1: susan thank you so much um I look forward to seeing your face again soon.
0: (laughs) So that's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell. That's another episode of The Big Rethink. Tune into new episodes every other Wednesday for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work is done.